and welcome to the Listen Louder podcast, a place to have open and honest conversations around mental health. I'm Megan Gilbride, the host, and each week I'll be discussing various mental health topics with my guests. For the best experience, try listening on the Entel app, where you'll be able to see and access links to exactly what we're talking about. Welcome back to the Listen Louder podcast and this week I'm joined by the gorgeous Chloe Helen Miles, predominantly known for her incredible style that she shares via social media. Chloe also recently launched a vintage fashion store, the Slow Vintage Shop, and although she's somewhat of a style icon, she's also incredibly down to earth and I'm so excited to have her on the show. Hey love. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Oh no, What an introduction. (laughs) (laughs) I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk to me Um, and the main subject that we're going to be covering today is dealing with grief and your mental health associated with that. Um, So back in 2014 you sadly lost your brother Dylan and I was hoping that you might be able to tell us a little bit about him. Yeah sure. Um, So Dylan was my younger brother and he was born just a year and a half after me. Um, He was born with a rare genetic disorder that's called Wolf-Hirschhorn syndrome. Um, It's a life-limiting condition and anyone born with Wolf-Hirschhorn isn't expected to survive childhood. Oh, wow. Um, Dylan was 100% dependent for all of his care. Um, He developmentally was the equivalent of a young baby for most of his life. Um, He couldn't walk, he couldn't talk. Um, He had universal low muscle tone which meant that he wasn't able to swallow. Uh, So he had a gastrostomy tube in his stomach, which is also known as a Mickey button. Um, And in addition to Wolf Hirschhorn, Dylan was also born with kidney failure, scoliosis, a hole in the heart, and had frequent seizures. So (laughs) quite quite the combination. Um, And I think on paper and on a medical record, what you would expect to see when you met Dylan versus how he actually was, couldn't be more different. He was just the most fun, happiest, bubbliest boy you could ever meet. Um, Just constantly blowing raspberries, (laughs) giggling, just had such a love for life. He was just the most amazing person I've ever known. And yeah, we were soulmates I would say Um, I've never loved anyone like I loved Dylan I think when I've seen on your social media how you talk about him it is always with that like zest for life and how happy he was yeah and I think that that's really amazing because I didn't realize that he also had all of those other things as well like that's such a lot of pressure on a body and a mind so to still have that ability to be happy and joyful is incredible absolutely 100% he was the happiest person I've ever known Um, and he was just smiling all the time and the only time that you would ever see him not smiling would be when he was seriously ill yeah Um, but you know otherwise never a bad day bless him and the the main reason kind of like I I knew about your brother was because when you um wrote a blog post about him passing away you did kind of like a recap of your year yeah and said about him and, and you've continued to do those yearly blog posts yeah kind of since 2014 um, and I just wondered whether you might be able to talk a little bit about your journey with grief and documenting it and how you're 
kind of feeling now, how you felt then, just kind of, yeah, whatever you are happy to share, really. Yeah. So it's a complicated and yeah. it's hard to look back on. It's all very kind of muddled. It's hard to put a timeline on it. It mm. all seems like such a long time and such a short amount of time simultaneously. Um, Dylan died of kidney failure. So he received his um, a prognosis of six months um, in March 2013 and then went on to live 18 months, um, which was incredible. But it was obviously at the time that we received the diagnosis, we had a decision to make as a family, whether to let nature take its course, whether to put Dylan on dialysis or have a kidney transplant. There were options and it was our decision to make. Um, and that was very difficult. But we made the decision as a family just to let nature take its course. Okay. Um, and we don't regret that for a second. He had a really good mm. last few months. Um, and right up until the end, really, he had, you know, a, he had a lot of good days. Um, Could I ask you why you guys came to that decision? Is that something that you... Yeah, um, so... I think it was, it just came down to quality of life. Mm. Um, and if Dylan were to have a kidney transplant, the likelihood of his body rejecting the kidney was quite high. Um, and it would be an enormous strain on his body. So the chances of Dylan surviving a kidney transplant seemed too slim for that really to be an option. And if he were to go on dialysis, he was already very susceptible to diseases and it would make him even more so. Um, so he wouldn't be able to do a lot of the things that he enjoyed, like going to school, going swimming with his friends, going to the beach. There are a lot of things that, you know, he'd kind of just have to be in a bubble a bit if he went on dialysis and we didn't want him to live like that and there's no guarantee of how long he would have had on dialysis anyway um so we thought the best thing would just be yeah that to totally be. makes sense to let him have that quality of life for as long as he yeah. can yeah so with your with your blog posts then how when you first shared your experiences after dylan had gone yeah. could you explain that journey so because we obviously knew that Dylan didn't have long, yeah. um, the grieving process almost started before Dylan even passed. But then I don't think any amount of time to prepare can prepare you for the feeling of losing someone that is so close to you. And the immediate feeling, the first feeling I had of grief was surprisingly physical and I didn't realise how much of a physical effect grief can have on your body. My heart felt like it was physically broken. And it ached to the point where I would think I could die from how much this hurts. This feels like any minute my heart might give out. And I don't think anyone really talks about 
how physical mm. the pain is. I think you're right because my I kind of like raised my eyebrows when you said that because I have never heard anybody say that. Like you ha- you hear about kind of anxieties and things like that manifesting in a physical way and yeah. certainly does for me, but I've never heard anybody speak of grief that way. Yeah. And I mean, I've spoken to my mum and she said, you know, she felt exactly the same, just that her whole body, you know, everything gets so heavy, I think in the same way as depression. I think that's quite often a feeling you get with depression is a heaviness, you know, you're just your muscles feel weak, you're, you just feel, everything feels more difficult. But it was, it surprised both of us, I think, that feeling in your heart that it was actually physically breaking. It wasn't something that we expected. Um, And that took a long time. And even still, you know, on certain days, birthdays, anniversaries, sometimes just out of the blue, if things, you, you know, trigger a memory, that pain, can come back mm. so strong even now almost five years later um, so that was kind of the beginning of the grief process um, and there was just such a rawness and within the first few months I mean you would say a numbness but it wasn't because it hurt so much but just a, a raw not knowing what to even do with yourself, all of your habits being changed, routines, um, even the small things, like every day when I got back from college, I'd come in, well, even when I was at school, the whole way through life, you'd come in the door and you'd go straight into Dylan's room and see him. And there were so many days after he passed that you still did that. Or we'd be sat and we could hear Dylan's raspberries. He'd just look out for things and have these habits that are so hard to shift and so painful every time they arise. I think at that same stage, you also have a kind of denial in a sense. I very much had this feeling that Dylan was just on a school trip and yeah like he'd be coming back back, yeah you know just a week or you know one he'd be back at some point it wasn't you know it didn't feel real it didn't set in for quite a few months really um and then when that when it sets in the reality that then becomes even harder because not only are you then overcome with these feelings of you know I'm never going to be able to hold this person again, to kiss this person again. This, you know, the, their physical being is gone. Um, but because that happened for me later down the line, it also made it harder because a lot of your family and friends further outside of your close family have almost started moving on. Mm. You know, everything's kind of back to normal for them and. It's not something they're thinking about all of the time. And people very much expect you to get over, I say in quotations, I, you know, it's just such a horrible thing that people say, but to get over a loss, which I don't think is something that ever happens. I think a, a loss stays with you for your whole life and yeah. you just learn to manage it better and build a life around it. I think that 
the way you articulate yourself with it is absolutely incredible that you're so open about being able to talk about it when it is like it, everybody you're saying like people saying you should be able to move on but it's it's only five years like really in the grand scheme of life that's not very long and how much yeah. time you had with Dylan like that's that's a drop in the water compared to that yeah. I think it's really brave of you to be able to talk about it so openly um and one of the things that I read in your blog post was that Dylan had bought you a notebook was it for your 18th birthday and that you'd written letters to him in it after he'd passed away yeah so the notebook was um the last birthday present I had from Dylan because I was 18 when he passed away um and it was originally a songbook and um for you to write songs in yeah oh I didn't know that you wrote songs <laughs> not anymore oh. <laughs> a long time ago um I think that's another thing that comes with grief is you know it does uh it strips a lot of your passions mm-hmm. from you songwriting and singing was something that was very much a part of my life with Dylan right um and something that we did together I loved singing for him and when he passed it just kind of fizzled out for me I didn't want to do it anymore so yeah I stopped writing songs really and stopped singing uh, shortly after Dylan passed um so I started to use this book to write letters to Dylan um because I found especially at night time I found it really hard to get to sleep um because I think a lot of the early grieving process is really about distractions Mm. and you know making yourself busy and just trying to take your mind off of your grief and just think about anything else but when everyone else is asleep and you're in bed and there's nothing left (laughs) to distract yourself with that's the time that I found it really crept up on me so I liked to take the book out and write letters to Dylan and it's something that I found really therapeutic. I really enjoyed doing. And there were lots of small things that maybe seemed a bit bizarre that I picked up. And I think when you've lost someone, you try and see them and try and find them in as many things as you can. And kind of try and keep them alive in as many ways as you can. And so writing the letters was one of the ways I also used to read his storybooks to his ashes or sit with his ashes and watch his favourite films on a sunny day take his ashes out into the garden and you know sit in the sun play with the dogs Um, I know a lot of people speak to pictures um, and they're all just small things that you kind of at the time when you're doing them you feel a little bit crazy and you think if anyone could see this they'd think you know what on earth are you doing but I think it's important to know that they're actually very normal things to do yeah definitely I think my first reaction to you saying that isn't that you're weird I think that's a really lovely thing to do because it's it's still him yeah and you're doing the things that you would have done with him all of the time anyway like it's a comfort isn't it yeah but I've not written in my book for probably a couple of years now 
Um, I mentioned in my last post about grief that I was having the hardest time I think I'd had, and this was probably about two years ago now. Um, and it just felt so real. And I began to struggle a lot with depression. Um, and I think it's very common for grief to lead to depression or anxiety, um, even post-traumatic stress disorder, especially if you've had an unexpected loss, a sudden loss. I was in such a dark place at that time. I almost feel that I got so low that my brain shut it off from me. And for the last two years, even though I've still been able to talk about Dylan and think about him, share stories, it's, it's like I can talk about it and I can think about it, but I can't feel it. Still now? Still now. Yeah. Like it's, there's just a part of my brain that's just shut it off. Mm. Um, and that doesn't feel good, it doesn't feel healthy, but it seems almost that it became a necessity it's kind of like a fight or flight reaction from your mind, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I suppose so. And is, had you experienced anything with depression before Dylan had passed away? I had done maybe two years before Dylan passed away. Um, I'd, I had experienced depression as a result of a pill. Oh, okay, a contraceptive, contraceptive pill. pill. And yeah, that was my first experience of depression. Um, when I first started college, I think that was. Yeah. So I felt that I recognised it when it came. I knew it wasn't just grief mm. anymore. Um, and I think that's something that's important to try and figure out if you are grieving is whether what you are feeling is completely grief or whether there are other mental health issues. Um, Do you know how you managed to determine that? Like, I know you'd felt the symptoms of depression yeah. before, but... I think for me with depression it's I get a lot of irrational thoughts um, so with the grief obviously everything had been centered around Dylan um, and uh, the, the pain being the place that I was in I felt that almost what's the point in carrying on. I felt that I've never loved someone in the way that I love Dylan. And I don't think, I still don't think I'll ever experience a love like that again in my life. Um, and I didn't feel at the time that I wanted to live without him. And that felt like grief. But when those thoughts then turned into feeling that I was becoming a burden from my grief, that I was, I had been too low for too long and everyone was getting tired of me being so low and it wasn't right and, um, you know, that I was a nuisance or when you start having those feelings that other people would be better off without you, they were feelings that I recognised as depression. 
rather than as grief. Mm-hmm. And that I was luckily able to separate and acknowledge the fact that that was something else that was manifesting. It's been over kind of like four and a half years, nearly five years. Yeah. Um, and I know, like you, you've previously just said now, that at the beginning of last year, you feel like you were struggling more then than you kind of did at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and do you think we could talk a little bit more about the pressure and expectation to feel better? Like, I know we've touched on how yeah. people feel you should, but I feel like that must be a really big thing and then obviously has stemmed and led on to your feelings of depression and feeling yeah. really crappy. Yeah. I find it baffling how misunderstood grief is, especially considering it's something that every single one of us will go through. Well, it is at what some I was saying this to my boyfriend last night when I was saying it's working out the kind of topics and questions to discuss with you has been the hardest one for me of all the interviews I've done because I think it is a topic that isn't really discussed very yeah. much, and I want to be sensitive to your feelings, but also. I do think this kind of conversation is so important yeah. because it is it's 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 a similar kind of thing to when someone's diagnosed with cancer or something yeah. somebody says someone's passed away and everybody kind of like throws their hands up like oh god I don't know what to do I don't know yeah. how to help you or how to speak to you or anything like that yeah I think that's a big problem that needs to be addressed is that when when you lose someone you love it can be a such obviously it's such a hard time to lose that person but it can also lead to losing a lot of other people friends family connections even can become very strange because people don't know how to act is people, that something that you've experienced losing yeah people um, that you were close to i mean even my best friend at the time um which was the hardest one for me um you know we'd been so close and when Dylan died, she just dropped off the earth. Um, And she didn't come to the funeral and I haven't spoken to her since. Wow. Um, Just because she didn't know how to deal with it or? I still don't know. know. Wow. Um, And that's a very extreme case. Um, But it still happened. But it still happened. And on a smaller scale, I think a lot of people, I think it's hard because you almost, you expect more from people, but you can't because nobody knows, because nobody's been told what to do and everyone grieves differently and everyone wants something different. And the things that I want to hear might be different from the things that you want to hear when you're struggling. Because for me personally, I found it very frustrating and I I got very angry with the amount of people that would say to me you know kind of textbook things like think of the good times or Dylan wouldn't want you to be sad and I found it very frustrating because I felt it wasn't at all helpful Mm. and it almost diminished the pain that you were going through as if it was possible to even think of the good times without just being completely crippled by the thought that you're not going to have any more there are no more memories to be had with the person that you loved so much so it is hard and I don't really know a way 
that we can get better at it other than by talking openly about it. Mm. Um, and I think communication is such an important thing when it comes to grief because people, you know, you can't read each other's minds. And I think people can't know what you want unless you tell them. Um, and for close family and friends, even if it means that, even if you don't know what you want, just telling them, I don't know what I want from you. Mm. I don't know how you can help me. At least just having the communication can, can help in yeah. itself. And the expectation from, from people for you to feel better, Yeah. do you feel like that was the contributing factor towards you feeling worse more recently than you did in the first place, like that feeling that you have you should be on track or that yeah i suppose i suppose so the feeling that it's almost a an expectation that you'd be over it by mm. now and in fact it was something that my neighbor even said about my mum oh she must be getting over it now and i just thought oh, so <laughs> insensitive isn't it <laughs> how how could you even think that a mother could ever get over losing her son losing her child that's not something that you could ever no. get over or move past. Um, so it is, it is sad that it is such a common view that grief kind of just drifts away over time and that the wound heals. And I think when you are grieving for someone you love so much, as much as I think maybe a lot of people wouldn't like to admit it you almost don't want it to stop hurting because it's a reminder of how much you love that person and how huge that loss was yeah and how vivid they still are in your memory I guess yeah. like if the pain starts to dull then it I guess it could maybe feel like it's a reflection on how you feel about them and that yeah. your feelings are are going away when they're yeah. clearly not no yeah that's obviously it's it's not the case but it can it can feel like that yeah. you can feel that if it stops hurting so much you're not caring as much mm. which obviously isn't at all true um but i think is something that is there in the back of your head and makes it harder to progress and to build a life around your grief. You said a lot of people didn't know how to help you. Yeah. And that that experience would be different for everybody. Like what I would want isn't necessarily what you would want. But yeah. in that situation, what do you think would have helped you the most for the people that I guess you, you lost relationships with or relationships like broke down? Yeah. Can you articulate or do you know what would have been a better way for people to help you yeah I think for me personally it was just about being there physically helped a lot even if you know you you didn't know what to say you didn't say anything we didn't do anything just having someone physically there was a great show of support I suppose yeah. um and just for people to check in for longer because for the first I suppose month maybe two months you'd get 
your friends checking in and saying, you know, how are you getting on? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Um, and that just kind of drifted it off. It drifts, yeah. I think even the like do, do you feel like you would have needed that kind of like how are you doing check in or even just like what are you up to would you yeah. like to go for a coffee or do you want to co- can I come around and we watch a film or something yeah. like just that continuous contact rather than yeah. the uh, are you over it yet yeah kind of assumption <laughs> yeah. yeah I think that's important like you say the continuous contact yeah um from friends and from family um and even now it's very important to me for my friends and my family to message on Dylan's birthday. Yeah. To message on the day that he passed. We always um, go to the beach on his, his favourite beach. He loved beach. the beach, yeah, didn't he? he loved the yeah. beach. <laughs> so we always go to the beach on his birthday and on the day that he passed. Um, so it means a lot to me to receive a message from a friend just saying thinking of you today yeah that's you know as that's as much as it needs to be it doesn't need to be anything more but just I'm thinking of you yeah Uh, how did it affect or change or shape or anything with your relationship like with your mum or with your boyfriend who you've been with for quite a long time haven't you Yeah, yeah so um well me and Sam have known each other for 12 years um who we met in school and we've been together for five years. So we got together just before Dylan passed away, um, which was really hard because it's meant that I feel guilty sometimes that the only experience of having me as a girlfriend that Sam's had has been the grieving, depressed me. Um, So that it can be hard, Um, but I couldn't ask for more from Sam, he's been incredible um so supportive um and again i think it's just about communication yeah and making sure that your partner knows when you're feeling down making sure that if there's something that you want your partner to do just let them know don't expect them to guess um and just let them know that you know, on this day, I'd really like it if you just showed me a bit of extra support or made sure that we spent some time together. Um, I don't want to be alone on this day. Yeah, I think that that's such a seemingly simple thing, but yeah. I can imagine would be so difficult for so many people because I think it's that, again, that pressure of feeling a burden, but also the feeling that if you didn't ask and they didn't deliver of being really disappointed yeah. in someone and I think that that's really quite unfair isn't it because yeah. nobody can really know exactly what you want and need to a T yeah. and being able to say that and being able to like yeah be able to say to somebody you love that please can you help me yeah or please can you do this to make it easier and has it changed your relationship with your mum at all because you were you're very close anyway yeah. weren't you yeah we've always been very close um I'm kind of like a carbon copy of my <laughs> mum in, in many ways. Um, she's really beautiful. She doesn't look like she's old enough to be a man. <laughs> she doesn't, does she? <laughs> we'll have to make sure that makes the cut. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she is uh, just an incredible, incredible woman. Obviously, she was Dylan's carer for his entire life, um, and he needed 24-hour care. 
Um, and she couldn't have done any more. It couldn't have loved him more. Um, and just pushed herself to the point of exhaustion so many times over Dylan's life. There were so many times, especially when he was younger, that he'd be in hospital for, I don't know, six months of the year. You know, he'd, he was always in and out of hospital. And there were so many times that my mum, you know, she would never leave him in hospital. She would always stay by his side. She'd sleep in an upright chair for weeks just to make sure that he was okay. And she just, yeah, she is absolutely incredible. And our relationship is stronger than ever now. Um, I think we understand each other a lot and it's nice to have someone so close that you can speak to about your grief um, and not feel like a burden. Yeah, because you share it. I know that she's never going to stop feeling it. So with regards to kind of managing how you felt through the grieving process and subsequently having some mental health issues with depression and stuff, mm. how have you dealt with that? Have there been any anything that you've done or have you seeked any help to yeah. to manage that and for the first few years nothing really I knew that I needed to seek help and my mum and my partner would say to me often you know go to the doctor try and find a therapist and I just wasn't in the place to do it I just couldn't even bring myself to do it. And I suppose because it felt like, how could they help? Dylan's dead. Yeah. And he's going to stay dead. And that's what I'm sad about. So how is going to see someone, how could that possibly make me less sad about that? Um, but as it went on, and I started having the feelings of, depression rather than grief alongside um i did know that i needed i needed to reach out to someone and it took me two years to finally reach out to someone um so i tried to find a therapist for the first time in november last year and went to a couple of consultations and didn't find someone that I felt right with and that knocked me back I think that's the way a lot of the times with therapy isn't it it's not necessarily first times a good fit yeah necessarily yeah so then I found it harder that I'd I felt like it had been all of this time building up to try and talk to someone and I'd finally made it to book an appointment and go and talk to someone and then felt oh I don't I don't want to talk to that person and that really knocked me back um, so then it took me a few months to book in with someone else and I eventually found someone at the beginning of this year um, and I had five sessions with her and didn't really feel that I was getting anywhere. Um, I was feeling a little bit frustrated with it and I got to the point where we said, you know, 
I don't think this is working. Thank you so much for your help, but I think I'm gonna stop. And I didn't know whether I would look for someone else or not. But I didn't realize until a couple of weeks after my last session with her, how much my mentality had changed. At the time I was seeing her, I didn't feel it. But before I went to see her, I was still in that stage where I felt I wasn't sure if I wanted to continue with life without Dylan. Yeah. That was still somewhere that I was. Um, and it just felt so often that it just felt too hard and I didn't know that I'd ever enjoy life as much as I did with him. And um, by the end of the five weeks, I've come out and I felt for the first time in five years, I think I can try to enjoy life. That's amazing. And that's not something that I noticed while I was there. Yeah. It was only once I'd finished and I suppose it kind of, maybe it just do you think it's got it the was, cogs turning, I don't know. Yeah, the elements of like talking about it or was there maybe was there coping mechanisms that she shared with you or was it no. just do you think like just having that sounding board and I, I really couldn't even pinpoint it. Um because there weren't I don't know what I was expecting, but I thought maybe she'd have some recommendations of things I could try and ways yeah. I could um cope a bit better and there wasn't anything like that. It was just kind of a discussion. Um, but it got me to that point somehow. Yeah. Um, so I think, obviously, it is a luxury. Um, but if you are in a position to go to therapy, then I would really recommend it. Um, is it something that you think you will do again? Or is it something that you think, like, you've kind of you've done that you've got what you could from it or I'm not sure I might I might try again um but at the moment I'm feeling a quite positive for the first time which is a nice time to be here doing this yeah definitely um, that's so good because I'm always conscious when I'm writing my yearly posts about grief that I don't want someone who it's really fresh for to look at my posts and see oh my god it's five years later and she's still struggling to get out of bed I don't want you know I, I want to have a kind of happy ending like a glimmer of hope in it yeah yeah that makes to, sense for people that are reading the posts and obviously for myself um so to get to that point now where I feel that you know I might not ever love someone in the way that I love Dylan, but I might still have a good time Yeah, along the way. Oh, that's so lovely to hear because obviously, like, I don't know you particularly well and we know each other through the internet. Yeah. But I think seeing and reading about your journey with it and just who you are as a person in general, it's so lovely to hear that you've got that feeling because you deserve to feel 
like you can enjoy life again even if it's not in the same way that it was before I think whatever we do and whatever we experience that's going to change the way we enjoy life anyway yeah um but I think that that would be a really nice point to end on for anybody that is experiencing grief for the first time are there any words or even perhaps some tips for how you found it best to manage it yeah I think communication like I said just being really open with the people around you allowing yourself to feel everything you're feeling not feeling like you should be feeling something else um you know the first time that you laugh have a good belly laugh after you've lost someone you can suddenly snap back and think oh my god I'm supposed to be in grief you know this has been so hard and I've just laughed for the first time and almost feel guilty that it's happened so soon um so just allowing yourself to feel everything truly that you are feeling um not to dwell on guilt which can be a big part for a lot of people um a lot of losses um thinking that you know oh I could have done more I could have done this I you know these small things that could have gone differently and if only I'd done this then that might have been different it's done you can't change it you shouldn't dwell on it you need to not beat yourself up because the pain's bad enough you don't need to add to it finding ways to feel connected to the person you've lost like we discussed um no matter how silly you might feel doing them um i think that's important and that helped me a lot um i still buy dylan birthday presents i still buy him storybooks cuddly toys (laughs) when i see them um you know let yourself grieve your way i think also allowing yourself to feel angry because that's not something that's touched upon so much um but it's really fucking shit Mm -hmm. and you're allowed to say that and you're allowed to feel that and you're allowed to be angry that you've lost someone that you loved so much And again, that's allowing yourself to feel your true emotions. Um, Trying not to suppress anything. There's also a couple of books I'd like to recommend. Yeah, of course. Um, I know one of them I've seen actually just last week on your stories. No way. That you read it as well. Um, Grief is the Thing with Feathers by Max Porter. Oh my God, I love that book. Um, That's one of my favorite books around grief that I've read. Um, and just felt so spot on, mm. the whole experience. Um, it's really beautifully written. It's beautiful, it's raw, it's angry, mm. it's emotional. Um, it's not a self-help book. No. It's good for the early days of grief. Have I you think. read um, Michael Rosen's sad book? No. 
I think you'd like that. I'll add that one. Yeah, that's um, it's illustrated by Quinton Blake, who does Roald Dahl's books, but it's very simple and very much of a similar ilk to Grief is the Thing with Feathers that I read it kind of, well, I read it all of the time (laughs) because it, it helps me feel more connected that what I'm feeling is normal I yeah. guess um and yeah I think you'd really like that yeah I'll check that one out yeah um I also would like to recommend The Last Act of Love oh um which is by I'm gonna murder her name <laughs> Kathy Rensenbrick okay I think Brink rather than <laughs> I don't know I feel very bad I actually met Kathy oh. in person which was incredible um I her book came out I read her book not long after Dylan had passed away And in her book, she was talking about her brother um, and losing her brother. And they were a similar age to me and Dylan. Um, And so I read the book. I just absolutely inhaled it. I loved it. And I messaged her on Twitter and said how much I loved it and asked her if she'd meet for a coffee. Oh, my God. And she did. Um, And that was absolutely incredible. And she was so lovely. Um, But that's a book that helped me a lot obviously was quite specific yeah to my grief um but kathy also then went on to release a book that's called manual for heartbreak Mm. and i remember i read it when it came out and i know i wasn't ready for it at the time i was still too angry and too raw um but i think i could reread that now and it would be very very beneficial um so i suppose depending on what stage of your grief Mm. you're in um but if you're feeling a little bit less angry (laughs) then that's definitely one to check out as well oh amazing thank you so much chloe thank you i think you're absolutely wonderful and yeah i really appreciate it it's been a pleasure Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate, review and subscribe. And in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram at listen.louder. I'd love to chat with you.